1: Florida State going all in on the transfer portal for the second season in a row. Good morning. It is Wednesday, February 16th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. So we're about to have Chris Nee of Knowles 24-7 join the show to talk about the Knowles and the transfer portal. Really fun conversation. We're going to do a little rapid fire yes or no at the end as well. This idea I kind of got, I was watching the Super Bowl and the Rams obviously won and they turned all those, they they, they, they won by not caring about first round picks. They said, nah, you guys can have our first round picks. Two of them, we'll take Jalen Ramsey. We'll take Matthew Stafford. You know, the trades traded for Von Miller, all that stuff. Uh, they went all in. I think the college football equivalent of going all in is hitting the portal really hard. You're, you're hitting the portal. You are in turn making high school recruiting a little bit less important, and you're setting yourself up on a yearly basis. If you hit the portal one year and then hard the next year and then hard the next year, that is that is essentially going all in year after year. Even if even if you're using the portal to to fortify the depth and, and fill out the roster spots, um, you're going after transfers who have less elig- eligibility. And you're also de-emphasizing at least a little bit the idea of building high school recruiting depth. So you're going all in, you're doing the portal. Florida State right now is the number five transfer portal class. They just signed the number 20 recruiting class. The 20 was a disappointment because they lost Travis Hunter on the first day of the early signing period. But Florida State doesn't really have a choice of hitting the portal hard because after going three and six in 2020 and five and seven in 2021, Mike Norvell has to win now. He cannot sign players who will take two to three years to develop. He has to sign guys who can help immediately like he did last year with Jermaine Johnson, who could be a first round pick uh, and a f- fantastic year off the edge for Florida state. Florida state's doing that again, that again this year got a lot of, tr- a lot of transfers, maybe not the star power that, that last year's class, at least on paper had, but a guy like Jared verse from Albany, he's one of the highest rated defensive players in the transfer portal. Florida state gets four receivers um, of a lot of different varieties in uh, uh, including a few highly ranked ones um, from high school and Micah Pittman out of Oregon and Johnny Wilson out of Arizona state got several impact, immediate impact offensive linemen, Caden Lyles from Wisconsin bless Harris from Lamar has a high grade of 86 in the 24/7 sports transfer portal ranking. So Florida state going all in because they need to, because they need guys who can help them win now because Mike Norvell needs to make a bowl game this year. No one said that he needs to, but I think we all know in college football at a big time school like Florida state, After year three, you better have shown some progress. So Chris is going to join us to talk about all of that. The College Football Daily will be right back. what would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Okay. As promised, Chris Nee joins us right now. Chris, like we were talking before we hit record, feels like a big year for Florida State. I want to talk about that, but I also want to get into the transfer approach of Mike Norvell. It feels like they keep going all in on the transfers because... This is my take. You can disagree or agree with this. They know that eventually the clock's gonna gonna strike midnight here if they don't, if they don't, you know, make a bowl game, win a bowl game, do better than that. And the transfers, we believe, are, are the, the the quickest route to success.
0: I, I definitely think there's some truth in that. I think there's also a matter of you have to take into consideration that things change in real time. I think when FSU went into last season, as far as playing football in August, September, the idea was to sign a lot of high school and a little bit of portal. But when you start own 4 you lose to Jacksonville State, you lose a lot of momentum in recruiting. So I think that caused an adjustment that led them to go more portal-heavy, possibly, in that last class than originally intended. But at the same time, I think they expect to be a little bit better last year than they were. So it's a matter of you only have so much time for a rebuild. You're entering year three. uh, You're kind of getting to that point where the roster is going to be your roster. It's going to be Mike Norvell's roster in this case. You have to have what you need to have in order to show the turnaround is happening so uh you know i think bud elliott likes to say it's getting late early sometimes (laughs) i think that's sort of where fsu is right now it's kind of a weird tenuous situation but i think the idea of taking 10 transfers in this past class and i think that will give them 21 d1 transfers on their roster next season i believe is the number Mm. i think that speaks to the fact that they're trying to do this with some band-aids and also some basement level freshman incoming players that will be the long-term hopeful solution that these transfers help to Create a little bit of a positive situation a little quicker than when you have to rely on guys who are brand new to the college
1: game. So, following the twenty twenty season, which everyone can kind of agree was a year zero, Florida State obviously hit the portal hard. I'd be interested, Chris, and you cover all aspects of the team, uh, the program, recruiting team. You're you're in on the signing day zooms and press conferences and whatever. Is there a difference in the way that Mike Norvell would talk about going all in on the portal a year ago compared to sort of the same tactic? This year, like, does he? I don't know. I'm guessing maybe a year ago it was like, look, we're just trying to get the guys in to win. And then this year it's like, oh, hey, this is this is like clearly a, a strategy of yours. Does he say anything different? Is there a different vibe to to, to going all in on portal two years in a row in, in pretty different years?
0: Yeah, there is. The reasoning in year one was they needed to up the leadership. So getting a guy like Mackenzie Milton, while he didn't help you a great deal on the field, I think he brought leadership to the quarterback room. He brought competition to Jordan Travis. He helped Jordan Travis accelerate what he needed to do here at FSU to be a better quarterback. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, Brought both. He brought leadership as a person in a defensive line room on a younger defense, but he also was an exceptional player. You know, he's going to probably be a first round NFL draft pick because of what he did this past season in earning ACC defensive player to year honor. So I think there was a, a healthy amount of we need guys who are more veterans, been around the college game, know how to work, know how to conduct themselves. For these uh, guys to feed off i feel like this past cycle this one of the 10 that are coming in now it's more about plugging holes so uh jared versus sort of a guy who they in some ways hope replaces jermaine johnson because They struck out in the high school ranks as far as getting a D end, who's going to probably be a plug and play there. Then at receiver, they take four receivers. FSU was dreadful at receiver last year. They were not productive. You take four, you're throwing numbers at the problem. You're hoping it pans out. If you go four for four, that's exceptional. If you go two for four, you're much better than you were a season ago. So I, I guess my point is two years ago, I think it was about kind of getting some guys that a young team could lean on as far as growing, learning, becoming better together. I feel like this year, it's more about we got to plug holes through the portal and we have to try to be a better football team now. And some of that is you do want the veteran leadership that guys in a college game will bring who have the experience of the weight room, the work it takes to be good. But it's also about we need guys that are going to help us win football games this year immediately, right now.
1: And I, I do think there's a difference between the two cycles and how they approach it this is sort of an abstract question, just thought of it. So right now, Florida State is the number five transfer class in 2022. And just worth noting that this will that can all change all the way up until June or July or one of the last days of one of those months. And that'll affect the overall rankings too. The recruiting rankings are locked in, Chris, 20th in recruiting. So 20th in recruiting in 2022 and fifth in transfers. For Florida State to start winning 10 games again, what does that recruiting ranking have to go up to? And then that probably dips the transfer class ranking as well.
0: I think you want to be a top 10 type class, top 15, obviously the way recruiting is done has changed with uh, name image likeness and things of that sort. And FSU is a little bit behind in that regard. Sort of embarrassed on signing day with Travis Hunter and everything that came with that. And that's a whole different discussion. But I think ultimately, if you want to be a good team in college football this day and age and have sustainability, you have to recruit consistently around top 10 classes. And FSU is just used to that traditionally. That's who and what they've been under Bobby Bowden, under Jimbo Fisher. That's who they were. That's what they built national championship caliber teams upon. And for them to get back there, they have to get there. But I think the reason we're seeing so much portal the last two years is one, you're trying to flip your roster and build in. The vision of what you have for your football team. But two, I think it's also about trying to win now versus building for the long term. You're allowed time when you take over a program that was a mess. Mike Morvell took over a program that was a mess, but time starts running out and you're entering year three. So I think we're in a very important window of his time here. I'm not here trying to, you know, get a guy's seat to be warm real quick, but college football only has so much, so much patience, even when it is trying to be patient.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. And I don't want to get you in trouble here. And I, I'm sure Mike Norvell will maybe listen to, probably not this episode, but definitely would probably listen to On The Bench because you guys do a great job there. Uh, I want to circle back to one thing though, and then we'll get into more of a big picture discussion about what the team looks like in 2022. You mentioned Florida State was in, in, embarrassed um, with, with signing day with Travis Hunter and, and behind is what you said on name, image, likeness. I find that surprising. I remember when it felt like the world was kind of reopening uh, back in June and July, Chris, of 2021. Uh, Florida State was ahead of the curve on getting prospects onto campus. And it felt like they had a really good name image like this uh, package put together. What caused slippage there?
0: Well, the APEX program that FSU has is more of an education program. And it is very good. And it is one that does allow their student athletes to understand how they can benefit from name image likeness, how to go about doing it, how to be compliant in doing it. Where FSU is behind is... In part, state law really hinders them. And that's an FSU problem, a Florida problem, a Miami problem, so on and so forth within the Sunshine State. The state law, because the state of Florida was so early to creating a law for name image likeness because they're trying to be aggressive, they actually put kind of tough guardrails on the in-state institutions. So that's something that's trying to be done through government to change that law, back off that law, or just remove the law entirely and allow name image likeness for in-state schools to be a little bit more smooth surface. The other issue is FSU. I think nationally, some people have a vision of FSU as the superpower with the big piggy bank that a lot of colleges have. FSU is not that. They're a fairly young university in comparison to their SEC brethren and others like that. They don't have kind of the endless supply of money. Tallahassee is never going to be fooled for a metroplex. So it's not like a school that's near a major city like a Dallas or Houston or a metropolis like a Miami, for example. It doesn't have that. So there's some disadvantages there. And as a university and a fan base, because NIL in many ways is controlled by the fan base. It has to be better organized. It has to be more of a steadfast effort. We're seeing some things. Rising Spear, for example, is one thing that's being done. There's some other efforts being done that show signs of it progressing. It's just a matter of that they were behind. When, When the early signing period and then February rolled around, FSU as a uh, recruiting tool was not prepared to compete in name image likeness like many of the top tier schools nationally
1: that we saw have a positive effect with name image likeness in assembling their recruiting classes. Interesting. All right. Last, last little segment for you. And I wouldn't usually do this, but you're such a pro, I feel comfortable doing this. Uh, maybe a little rapid fire here, some yeses or some noes with kind of an explainer as we turn the page to 2022. Yes or no, Jordan Travis is the starting quarterback in 2022. Yes. Okay. Yes or no. Florida State beats LSU in what would be Florida State's second game of the season.
0: I'm going with no, because it's there. And I think LSU, while they lost a lot too, I think they return a little bit more that is going to be physically
1: demanding for FSU. Yes or no. In the three straight weeks of Wake Forest at NC State and Clemson, Florida State can come out of there with a 2-1 series lead. Yes. And mm. I think it's pretty vital that they do. I think so too. What, what, what do you see most likely there of those two wins?
0: I would say Wake. Uh, Wake returns a good bit, but they also lost some of their more productive guys on that bunch. I think they took a slight step back. And with NC State and Clemson, you got to try to split one of those. NC State's been somewhat a thorn in the side, and Clemson's obviously run the division in the league here in recent years for the most part. At some point, you got to get over the hill with one of those two if you're going to start showing signs of progress. You got to stack some wins that
1: people don't expect you to get
0: to turn this thing around.
1: Yes or no? They beat Miami again.
0: I'm going to go with, yes. I, I I need to see what Mario Cristobal year one Miami is going to look like before I'm all in on Miami being great. Coaching transition always shakes things up and makes it very interesting. And sometimes it doesn't go as planned.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to do the yes or no for the Florida game. Uh, I know Florida State would would love a little payback. Uh, but the, the dovetail question there would be which school, and I get that Florida's in the SEC and Miami's in the ACC, but which new coach has the uh, most concerned attention of Florida State fans right now? Is it Mario Cristobal or Billy Napier?
0: I think it's Mario. Uh, Miami's kind of been one that FSU fans have, I guess, had less of an opinion of compared to Florida. Florida's been a little better organized over the years. Traditionally, you know, Miami's been trying to find their way. It feels like almost 20 years now since that last championship for them. I think it feels like Miami has taken a step to try to return to some level of
1: prominence with what they've done this offseason. Yes or no, Florida State wins or no, we'll just do makes a bowl game. They They have to, right? Yes. And they have to, if they don't, you know, it's getting real, real late, real early. So yeah, they, it's a, it's a necessity. Last one. Uh, basketball. Yes or no. Chris, nee won't know what to do with himself uh, during the insulate tournament because Leonard Hamilton is uh, going to have a rare miss.
0: Yeah, it's, it stinks. I expect them not to make it at this point. I'm going to sit and enjoy the games and maybe I'm covering the NIT or something like that. We'll see. I, I don't know. That team's super banged up and I don't feel like they've, they've got much going for them down the stretch here.
1: Yeah. Well, that basketball program has been so sneaky good. I'll say sneaky from like a uh, my perspective. Uh, it doesn't sneak up on you, but so good for so long that it's covered up the football uh, disappointment. Yep. So I think now it's, it's safe to say it's uh, on Mike Norvell to pick up the slack there. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Trevor. All right. You heard heard it here first. Florida State will, just like the Rams, win the ACC. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But I, I think it's fair to expect them to have an improved 2022 season. I'm excited for that week two. For them, I guess it's it's week one technically against LSU at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. I think that Caesar Superdome now in New Orleans. That's that's the the, that's Sunday. Um, But the week before that, Florida State is going to play Duquesne. So I guess we'll all be watching week zero, Florida State versus Duquesne. Uh, Go follow Chris on Twitter at CNe247. Just a reminder: the College Football Daily starting next week will be for the remainder of the offseason, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I will be passing the torch to a talented cast of rotating hosts. I look forward to that and um, maybe I'll pop in every once in a while, but it's uh, it's College Football Daily. is about the guests. It's not about the host, so it doesn't really matter who's hosting it. We will still be delivering really good content to your feed. For our producer, Lance Lynn. my name is Trey Scott. Have a great Wednesday. We will talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.